When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. What am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. <laughs> Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you too long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. I dreamed I was sitting under a willow tree near the left-hand river. A sandhill crane stood in the shallows, still as a tree, with only feathers ruffling as the breeze swept past. The summer in this dream was in full bloom as I watched the river flow by. There were a few duck couples that came paddling past, and I smiled as they bobbed upside down, their little tails in the air as they nibbled a bit of greens on the bottom of the river. I heard the drifting of music on the air, and looking upstream, I saw something moving down towards me. I watched as it drifted closer and closer, and saw it was a little boat with a number of small creatures in it, and they were having quite a party. The first teller for this episode is Lev Ropes, who was known as Grand Bear the Storyteller and was a storytelling force in this area I call home. He told stories for 16 years to schools in this area, which brought the joy of storytelling to many generations of children. His stories range from fact to fantasy and from humorous to heart. We are lucky that he recorded a CD in his lifetime, and we've had lovely permission from his wife to share his work. This is him telling the song, Coyote's Dream. Coyote's Dream. One morning I was sitting outside having a bit of cantaloupe, toast and coffee and reading while waiting for time to go to the tractor parts store in Shelby. Chris was down the road helping the larams with their cattle. Now, I'd never seen Coyote except in the evening, but there he was, peeking around the corner of the workshop in the morning. I was quite surprised and motioned for him to come over. He trotted right over. We exchanged our howdy-do's, and then I asked him, What's up? What brings you here in the morning? He looked a bit bothered and answered, I had a dream last night, but not any regular dream. It was very strange, and I wanted to talk to you about it. I dreamed about an angel. Not a coyote angel, but a people angel. I've never dreamed anything like that. Before she appeared in the dream, I felt like I was flying low over the ground. In the end, I had a wonderfully peaceful feeling. Then there was something new, but I couldn't tell what it was. Then I woke up feeling rather strange. It was so different. Is this some terrible omen or something? I said, I certainly don't think so. In fact, it sounds pretty good to me, a lot better than the dream I had last night. Hmm. It it may have some meaning that we just don't know yet. We'll see. Here, sit with me and have a little breakfast. 
I have some really nice ripe cantaloupe. He relaxed some and took the cantaloupe. Coyotes love cantaloupe, you know. He noticed that I was reading a book with a drawing of a coyote on the front and asked me what it was about. I told him that it was stories about another coyote and a man in Santa Fe who often ride about together in an old, open Volkswagen, go get donuts, and have long discussions about important matters. Coyote looked puzzled. Riding in a car and getting donuts? Must be some crazy coyote. You gave me a donut once. I really liked it, but you told me they weren't good for you. True, I said. But once in a while, a couple for a treat is okay. Just don't eat many. Tell you what. The reason that I'm not over-helping with the cattle is that I have to go to Shelby to get a new wheel bearing for the big John Deere tractor. It's time for me to leave. The parts place will open about the time I get there, and there's a donut shop nearby. How would you like to go with me? Just like the coyote in this book. Only we'll go in a pickup, of course. I think you need a break to take your mind off that dream. Coyote looked kind of worried and said, Ah, I don't know. That's a great offer, but I've never ridden in a pickup or anything like that, and I don't know any coyote who has. It looks really scary, but I've noticed the dogs seem to like it. If they can do it, I guess that I surely can, being smarter and braver and all. But what happens when the guys in town see you with a coyote? That certainly wouldn't go over very well. Oh, I, I think you'll find it safe and comfortable and at the risk of insulting you. I'll tie a red bandana around your neck so they'll think you're just a dog. Huh, that is rather insulting, but it probably would be safer. Hmm, hmm. My pappy always told me not to be careless. But, on the other hand, he also told me to be adventuresome. I do trust you. Yeah, I'll do it. I went in the house and got a brand new red bandana, tied it around Coyote's neck as he grumbled a bit about how insulting it was. He hoped that none of the others would see him that way. I opened the door and he climbed into the cab of the pickup. I started off slowly and gently so as not to frighten Coyote. Pretty soon we were rolling along the dirt road with a high trail of dust behind us, about as fast as Coyote can run. Coyote was quiet, looked a bit nervous. So I asked him, well, how do you like it? Oh, it's great, but it's spooky because I feel just like I did in the dream when I was flying low. When we got out onto the highway, he really liked the smooth, fast ride. We were now going a lot faster than a coyote can run. He even stuck his head out the side window a few times to feel the wind rushing by and his ears flapping a bit in the wind until a bug smashed on his nose and he yelped with disgust. He kept his head in after that and every time another bug went on the windshield, he muttered, Bug guts, yuck. We went to the parts store first. He lay low, nervously, on the seat till I came back. Then we went to the donut shop and I got some different kinds to try, plain ones, a couple of chocolate, French, and some powdered sugar. I got some coffee for me and some water for Coyote. 
we decided to go out of town and find a nice quiet place with a view on a side road to stop and have our treats. While we were picnicking, he told me how this all did seem like a dream. So he nipped himself on the tail to see if it was real. Yep, it was real. As we were driving back along the dirt roads, we saw another coyote running along the fence, limping very badly. She's hurt, Coyote said. So I stopped and he jumped out through the open window and ran to her, yipping a soft, gentle yip, which I suppose was to tell her that he was a friend. Fortunately, I had removed the bandana after we left the donut shop. I watched as she stopped and they talked. She held one front paw high off the ground. While they talked, she kept looking back at the truck. I decided to get out and let her see that I was unarmed and friendly looking. I smiled softly in their direction, making sure not to stare. Finally, she lay down and he came running back to me. She was running by the road and some yahoo must have thrown a bottle out of a car and it broke on a rock. When she came running by, she didn't see the broken glass in the grass. Her foot is cut badly. I finally convinced her, swearing on the coyote oath, that you're a good person and we will help her. I slowly moved the pickup closer to where she was lying and she got up slowly and cautiously limped over with Coyote by her side. I spoke very softly to her, trying to reassure that we were there to help, and lifted her gently into the truck seat. She had a beautiful coat of fur. Coyote sat on the floor. She was shaking a little, so Coyote kept one paw on her shoulder to make her feel more at ease. When we got to the ranch, I drove around to a shed on the edge of the yard that had a few hay bales in it. I lifted her out and lay her inside on the hay. Then I said to Coyote, You must trust me more than ever now. I'm going over to the Larams where they should be about finished with the cattle and get a young woman named Daisy who is a veterinarian assistant. She usually cares for any of the pets that need it when she is out here. She loves animals, including coyotes. She will come and help. You stay with our new friend and tell her that no harm and only good will come to her. She must trust us. I went over to the Larams and explained the situation to Daisy. She grabbed her medical bag and rode back with me. I went into the shed first and explained that Daisy was here and to please not be afraid. I also explained that what she had to do might hurt some, but that it would only last a very little while. Coyotes understand that from their own medicine. Then I asked Daisy to come in and when she appeared in the doorway, with the light behind her, her beautiful blonde hair shining, and her sweet smile and sparkling eyes, Coyote looked up, astonished, and exclaimed, It's her! The angel in my dream! It is her! I may faint! But he didn't. I don't think coyotes really do. He even considered biting his tail, but then thought better of it. Daisy cleaned, stitched, and bandaged the young coyote's foot as Coyote watched, still having trouble believing that all this was real. When Daisy was through, we left the two coyotes alone in the shed, and I took Daisy back to the Larams. 
As I have said before, I can't pronounce coyote names, and our new friend's name had no simple translation, so we agreed that I could call her Amelia. She stayed there resting and healing for a few days. Coyote stayed by her side much of the time, except when he went to get her some food and to report into the pack. I kept a pan of fresh water by the shed door for them, but otherwise left them alone. Pretty soon, Amelia was ready to step lightly on her foot, and Coyote took her to his pack where she was welcomed. We didn't see Coyote much after that, but when we did, he was always quite happy and assured us that Amelia was fine too. One evening, I asked him if he'd like to invite Amelia to dinner. He really liked the idea. I asked him what he would like to eat and that Chris and I would like to make it extra special. I explained that special dinners are a thing that we do to impress our ladies. He suggested buffalo burgers with all the stuff, except onions, of course. The next evening, Chris and I fixed the picnic table up with flowers, a tablecloth, and a small, soft light for when it got dark. We fixed buffalo burgers with all the trimmings, except onions, mashed potatoes, broccoli, and fresh huckleberries. Coyote and Amelia arrived. Amelia was a bit shy and quiet, but seemed to be comfortable and pleased. It really was a special evening. They brought us a fine specimen of mica to give Daisy. Coyote still referred to her as the angel. Then Coyote asked me if I would please do him one more favor. Sure, I said. What is it? Well, he said, would you please sing a song for Amelia? I told her that you sing, and I know that is also something you guys do to impress your ladies. Actually, I'm glad you asked that, I said, because I just happened to have a song that I wrote especially for you two. I went and got my guitar and sang. We were trotting along Neath the northern lights <laughs> The colors were so many It was one of those nights We stopped to watch the show From atop the hill Then we howled a while for fun Ow! As time stood still Lights were dancing in the sky There was magic in the air The night, the lights, and we without a care Oh, it's so great to be alive This time of year hmm. But it's ever much more so when you are near Hop up Coyote's 
Coyote looked so surprised and asked, How did you know? That's pretty much the way it really happened a few nights ago. <laughs> I told him that Chris and I had come out one night to watch that wonderful show of northern lights, and we heard two coyotes howling. I was sure that it was them. I guessed at the rest and wrote the song. I still think that you must be part coyote, he said. Oh, that's very flattering, but I really think it's more that I have learned so much from you, I replied. We had a fine time, finishing with donuts, of course. Coyote and Amelia were very grateful and seemed so happy together that it made Chris and I feel proud of ourselves, as if we had something to do with it. Humans are like that. We saw Coyote even less after that, but each time he assured us that all was well and that Amelia was fine. He always had a certain twinkle in his old yellow eyes when he mentioned her name. Then one evening, he came very excitedly into the yard after dinner. I wondered about that timing as he usually comes before dinner. He asked Chris and me to please follow him, for he had something most special to show us. We hurried across the prairie for a ways, then into a ravine that we followed for quite a while. The moon was coming up, and we stopped, there in the moonlight, by a new den dug in the side of the ravine, was Amelia, and huddled closely to her were four beautiful coyote pups. Coyote simply said, pay attention to your dreams. They may come true. The end, or maybe really just the beginning. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Hansel and Gretel's Sugar Therapy. Do you have a sweet tooth or sweet teeth? A hankering for sweet things that makes it difficult to eat anything green and healthy? Do you keep multiple stashes of chocolate, gumdrops, and icing for emergencies? Hansel and Gretel understand. They've been through some sticky spots due to devouring delights and want to help others avoid the slippery slope of sweets. Through their eight-step process, they will lead you through the candy land and help you wean off eating as many sweets to eating a few more nutritional foods. If you need a little support, contact Hansel and Gretel's Sugar Therapy for a shove in a healthy direction. This episode is also brought to you by a few special supporters who donated through the website, and I would be remiss if I didn't share with you the magic they hold. Daryl has magic footsteps, for when they walk barefooted on the 3rd of May, a row of irises will rise up out of the ground. Midge can warm her drinks with three taps of the little finger on her left hand, which is very handy when her tea has gone cold. And Shirley can double anything by showing it to a mirror and then reaching in and plucking out the reflection. They are also generous supporters of storytelling and this podcast, which is pretty cool. A big thank you to them and all those who donate to the podcast. Be like Daryl, Midge, and Shirley and donate. You can do a one-time donation through the website or become a patron for as little as $4 a month while getting some sweet perks and rewards. You can find more information at storystorypodcast.com. And it would be pretty cool. To our patrons and donors, you are the first sighting of a robin during the long days of winter. Winter. 
The little boat floating towards me had a number of interesting guests and musicians. There were frogs dancing with fairies, a rat playing a matchbox guitar, and a sparrow singing out what could have been some springtime jazz. I was so surprised at this merry party that I looked up at the crane, who was also observing the scene, and we exchanged glances at the wonder of it all. It seemed to be a wedding party, and they were throwing coins to lucky guests. As they floated past, a shining coin flew through the air and landed in my palm. When the heavy coin hit my palm, I was jerked away by the alarm. As my eyes opened, I could see snow falling outside and the cool air pushing at the window. I reached to turn off my alarm, and as I did so, something fell out of my hand. I turned on the light, and there on my blankets was a coin that had been given to me from a dream of summer. The second teller for this episode is Heather Forrest. Heather Forrest's unique minstrel style of storytelling blends original music, folk, guitar, poetry, prose, and the song and spoken word. She has toured her repertoire of world folktales for the past 30 years to theaters, major storytelling festivals, and conferences throughout the United States and abroad. Her tales are, more often than not, a lovely combination of music and spoken word. We are so pleased to have her telling The Nightingale. Nightingale who sings in your forest is far more beautiful than any treasure you keep in your palace. But the emperor had never heard the nightingale sing, and so he said, I command that the nightingale sings for me here. But no one in the palace had ever heard the nightingale sing. No one except a little kitchen girl who often walked in the green woods. She said the nightingale lived high in a forest tree. Deep into the woods, royal man and ladies came to invite the nightingale in the emperor's name. They came upon the bird sitting high in a forest tree and all were quite surprised to see that the bird with the beautiful voice was plain and gray but they gave the bird a royal invitation i will sing said the bird for the emperor if you please but my song sounds best when i 
the rustling of leaves you'll find me in the deep green woods i sing with the spirits of trees but our great emperor said the men and ladies of the court insists you come to him to sing the nightingale agreed and they all set off for the palace on foot and wing the palace was filled with exotic pleasures silk and porcelain and priceless treasures next to all the finery the forest bird looked plain and pale in the great court the emperor commanded at last i will hear the song of this gray nightingale the nightingale sang so beautifully he brought tears to the emperor's eyes the emperor was so pleased he said i insist you stay here with me you will be among my most treasured possessions the nightingale was given his own golden cage he was allowed out 3 times a day and he had 12 servants and a long velvet cord tied around his leg perched in a golden cage sang And his song it was sad He longed to fly among the trees so tall Sometimes he wouldn't sing at all He would gaze from his cage at the blueness of the sky and he Japan in a fancy box with a fancy stand a mechanical nightingale a mechanical nightingale with jewels on its wings and jewels on its tail not temperamental it sings on cue wind it up when you want it to a mechanical nightingale A mechanical nightingale. It sings one song it knows quite well. It's not real, but you can't tell. A mechanical nightingale. A mechanical nightingale. 
people were so pleased with the new bird. They hardly noticed the old forest nightingale. And once, when the kitchen girl accidentally left its cage door open, it flew away. People said it was an ungrateful bird, and it was banished from the kingdom. No one missed the forest nightingale. After all, they did have their new bird. A mechanical nightingale, a mechanical nightingale. People would gather round and listen to the bird with the feathers that would gleam and glisten. Not temperamental, it sings on cue. Wind it up when you want it. To a mechanical nightingale, a mechanical nightingale. And then one day, with a whist and a whirr, it broke. And not another sound was heard from the jeweled statue of a bird. The mechanical nightingale was ceremoniously placed on a satin pillow in the emperor's bedchamber, and the song of the nightingale was not heard in the palace for a long, long time. Five years passed. The emperor grew ill as he lay dying in his bed. His own death. Weighed heavy on his chest. Memories of his life passed before his eyes. The deeds he admired and then the deeds he despised. They danced around his bed. He heard voices in his head. Do you remember? 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 Frightened, he cried out to his mechanical bird, "Comfort me with music! Comfort me with music!" But no sweet song was heard. He closed his eyes. He grew cold and pale. When suddenly, at the window, was the nightingale. Perched on the windowsill, sang the nightingale, and his song brought a smile to the emperor who opened up his eyes when he heard the jeweled voice of that great.
rain always sing me that song Just listen. I sing with the whistling of the wind, and I sing with the rustling of leaves. You'll find me in the deep green woods. I sing with the spirits of trees, and with that, the nightingale flew away. After that, any time the emperor wanted to lighten his burdens, or whenever he just needed to hear a nightingale, he would gaze from his window at the blueness of the sky, and he'd listen for the song that could make his spirit fly. Oh, how he'd listen! He'd listen for the whistling of the wind, and he'd listen for the rustling of leaves. He'd listen for the sound of the deep green woods as the nightingale sang freely in the trees. As the nightingale sang freely in the trees. Thank you for listening to the Story Story podcast. Show the love. Think fondly of Grand Bear and find Heather Forrest at heatherforrest.com. Tell her you heard her on the podcast and want to hear her tell more stories. Go find your favorite storytellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. If you have questions or comments for the podcast, you can send them to storystorypodcast at gmail.com. If you send us an email, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor was Lynn Ford. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a charming idea of a miniature boat party. The music is by Pottington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket and to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.